Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. I have Lara Kelly and Michelle Martin with me today. They started an organization called She Honors Herself, and it's based out of Scotland. The idea behind creating this program came from Lara and Michelle's current line of work. Michelle supports high-risk victims of domestic abuse, and Lara facilitates group work supporting survivors of domestic violence and their children. Throughout their work experience in the organization and within their own personal lives, it became apparent to them that there is minimal access to support and information in preventing women from entering into relationships where their self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-worth is compromised. Their goal is to provide every woman with tools and information to build resilience and self-empowerment, to work as a prevention method to keep them safe in the first place, but it also helps women through post-relationship trauma and building themselves back up again. You'll hear from their amazing, wonderful, delicious (laughs) accents that they are from Scotland. (laughs) Laura, can you start by sharing your experience prior to starting this organization? I started working supporting women that have experienced domestic abuse three years ago, but prior to that, I qualified in social care and what I do is use some CBT, like cognitive behavior therapy, relaxation and visualization methods to support them and help them through their experiences. This also empowers the women and helps them kind of realize their own self-worth. It gives them that self-awareness to think this was not all about me. This was what happened to me. And it's not because I'm a weak person or a bad person. The same again with the children. It's kind of just, it's more like a recovery process to ensure that the women and children recover from their traumas. They actually realize it's not only me and I'm not this person that he's made me out to be or I've felt about myself all this time. This is how Michelle and I started to talk about it. I was like, okay, so we can help women recover from this, but how is this ever prevented? How do we prevent women from getting into relationships that are abusive or controlling or they're just unhealthy? So that's why we decided to start this organization. 
I felt like before I married my abuser that I had a very strong self-worth. Now I know through recovery that my self-worth is much more robust and much more deep than I felt before. But it's very interesting because we really don't know where we're at until we have the experience. That's right, yeah. It's a process, right? So Michelle, can you tell us about your personal experience developing your own self-worth? I was married for 10 years. Even before I was actually married, I had maybe three bad relationships, one which was violent. The guys I have tended to get in relationships with have been just emotionally unavailable or not being able to show affection. Women can get confused, and I think that's probably why I was confused before I really researched it, you know, to try and help myself, is people can think abuse is just violence or really severe mental abuse, but actually, like, a lot of intricate parts of a relationship, someone cheating on you or someone being emotionally unavailable and withholding affection and, you know, you come home and they just don't want to be around you or don't want to talk to you and that kind of thing. So I didn't really know that I had low self-esteem. I knew there was something not right because you ask yourself, why does this keep happening to me? I have two children now, two daughters that's with my husband who I was with. And when we split up and I ended that relationship, I was really at rock bottom. That's probably the, the lowest point I've ever been. That was only three years ago. We separated and I think the whole year I must have read about 100 self-help books. I mean, I just read night and day. Every spare minute I had, I read. I didn't really go out much or socialise. I thought I have to help myself because there's something wrong here. Because of all these continuous cycles I was putting myself in. I think that's what can happen with a lot of women. You go along, you think you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And it isn't until you hit rock bottom that you'll actually do something about it. Doing everything I could to help me. And I remember at the time thinking, I wish there was somewhere I could go, an affordable retreat, which I couldn't afford. I was on my own with my two children, just ended the marriage. So finances and everything was changing for me. Obviously, at the same time, I was also working as a domestic abuse advocate. So I'm working with high-risk victims at work. And I'm going through my own thing as well. It just made me completely reflect on everything. With everything that I'd researched and, you know, learned for myself, trying to pull myself out of this hole, that's when me and Laura, we sat down and decided to create this program. It's very interesting that when you set out to discover what your quote-unquote problem was, you discovered that you do not have a problem. The only problem that you had was that you didn't realize how amazing you were and you didn't realize how worthwhile you were and you didn't realize how much you had to give and what you deserved. Isn't that interesting? It's very ironic. Laura, can you speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, I think when you're in a relationship like that, all you do is overcompensate. You're always thinking it's your fault. You should be doing more. You should be a better person. You know, it's all about you and it's never about the other person. It's almost like your whole life revolves around trying to please this person. When you get to that rock bottom place, like Michelle talks about, because I've been in exactly the same place where I want to just be out of this universe. I felt like I cannot deal with this pain anymore. My ex-partner who I have children with, he was exactly the same. Me and Michelle have a very similar story with that. 
I just couldn't believe that I had children to a person who treated me so badly, thinking, okay, well, he's doing this because of who I am. It's not because of who he is. And I would do everything I could. It was exhausting. I would do everything I could to try to please this person. It never happened until one day I just thought, I cannot do this anymore. Or I thought it was going to kill me. I did. Now looking back, I think there must have been some kind of inner strength within you, Laura, to do that. All I could do, the same as Michelle, is really reflect on and and think to myself, I cannot allow this happen to me again. I only live once. I need to have the best quality of life for me and my children. And I will never allow that to happen again and I can't control what he done I can't control about what half the men do out there but I can control how I act on it and I can control my happiness and I am on my own now and all I think about is my own happiness and my children's happiness when you're in a good place and you're going into a relationship it's a win-win situation a few years ago I didn't know what I was willing to tolerate. I would just see, oh, this guy's he's gorgeous. Oh, he's got a good job. He's so nice. He's treating me so amazing. And then I could find out, oh, well, he may be cheated on me. Oh, okay, well, just give him another chance. So I'll just give him one more chance. He's, he's saying he's going to change. So I'll just give him one more chance. So that's kind of why we say know your worth and know your boundaries. There's two points that I'd like to make here. First of all, betrayal trauma recovery does not advocate for divorce. Our first priority is a woman's safety. For example, if a woman wants to get divorced, we support her in that. If she chooses to remain married, then we support her in that. But we do want to make sure that she gets to safety. And I have seen that women who are being continually abused, whether they're married or not, cannot find the space to build their self-worth back up again. For me, I did no contact with my husband, did not file for divorce for nine months. And he decided to file for divorce. So he made that decision for me. So I'm now divorced and actually very sad about it, that that's what he chose rather than choosing to recover and choosing to change. But the cool thing was by that time, I knew what I was looking for. So it was very clear to me that he wasn't changing. It was very clear to me that I could see, okay, this is not the type of relationship I can tolerate. I don't want to file for divorce because I just can't bring myself to do that. But I'm going to hold this boundary. I really could have held it, I think, forever. And the reason was, is I wasn't looking to date again. I thought, you know what? I'm going to just work on myself. I'm going to focus on myself. And whatever he chooses to do is his choice. He happened to file for divorce. But I really want women to think about that option because many women come into a domestic violence shelter, right? And they can stay there forever. They don't have to file for divorce. You can get a protective order. You can get all kinds of legal protections while still not divorcing if you're not ready to make that decision and then get yourself strong enough to where you can say, okay, I'm ready. I have a friend who she was separated for 18 months, worked on herself and really focused on her own recovery until she finally got to where she felt like I can file. And when I file now, I can do so with strength and with confidence and with support. And when she filed, her divorce actually went very, very well because she had taken the time to make herself strong before she decided to go that way. It's something that I think a lot of women need to think about because divorce is not the solution to our trauma problems. We could 
could file for divorce really quickly and be like, okay, I'm done. And you're out of here. And then we're still going to have the residual trauma. Also, if we have kids with this person, they're likely going to be continuing to abuse us. I've seen some of the most severely abused women after their divorce who are still being severely abused by their ex. Yeah, we see that all the time at work. We see it all the time. I love the title that you chose. She honors herself. I would like you, Michelle, to talk for a minute about the difference between honoring ourselves and holding ourselves in high esteem and conceitedness or pride in a bad way. The difference between... Honoring ourselves and narcissism, for example, when we're being abused, if we try to take a stand, we're accused of being selfish, we're accused of not doing our duty, we're accused of not respecting men, not, you know, there's so many things that we're accused of. What's the difference between honoring yourself and just being selfish? It can be misconstrued, even by women, that they think, yeah, you're manipulating a situation, this is treating men badly. No. It's not. It's all about you knowing what you're worth, having the ability to be able to make choices and be confident about them. I mean, I never used to be able to make a decision. I used to have to run to my mum forever. Mum, I don't know what to do. Like, should I do this? Should I do that? And now I'm like, it's my decision. Women have got a lot to give. We've also kind of shortened into the Shush Project. It's a peaceful silence within you all your power and all the light comes from within. A lot of the times, the life in the soul of the party is the narcissist or they are the abuser. I think a lot of people that you do see as really outgoing, they've got lots of issues right underneath. And no matter what kind of personality you have, if you stick to your beliefs and your values, you have that self-worth. And if you live by what you believe, that is what makes you honor yourself because you're not going against anything just to please other people. I think that's where it gets very tricky. For example, I'm Christian and many women that listen to this podcast are, and many aren't. We have listeners from all different faiths. But for me, my marriage vows were very, very important and I wanted to keep them. So that value conflict between saying, this is what I will tolerate, and also the values of forgiveness and love and service come into play here because you cannot forgive and love and serve yourself out of abuse. You have to boundary yourself out of abuse. Learning to value themselves and learning to value true peace, which is what I think God wants for us in this life, He wants us to have true peace and he does not want us to be harmed. If we're being harmed, he wants us to set boundaries to keep ourselves safe. And I believe that God, although he can handle anything, he doesn't like the chaos either, which is why when someone is being abusive, God's spirit leaves. God also has boundaries. He says, you know what? I'm not going to be in this place. If you're going to choose not to obey the commandments, if you're going to choose to do this, this, and this, then you can't be with me, which is why there's a heaven and a hell. The people who create chaos and the people who aren't willing to be honest, I don't want them around. They're miserable to be around. So you go there. And if you want to be honest, if you want to be true, if you are able to actually live your values, please come live with me. Laura and Michelle, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. 
If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on Support the BTR Podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there 